This and every B3 podcast brought to you by Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Stop knocking on wood, one agent for all your insurance needs, and that is Travis Brett, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. The B3 podcast is a production of Impulse Radio. Hey, you've tuned into the B3 podcast. Brought to you by Travis Brett, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Friday, May the 20th, we're recording this. Brino flying solo. Spring sports victims again to get the whole cast together. Hopefully we can uh, get together next week. Episode 101. We're going to talk about a few things today. Got a good guest again. Every Friday we try to have the voice of Indiana High School golf on, and we're going to talk about the weekend's. We're going to talk about the weekend's high school golf action. A lot of stuff going on this week, especially in this area, the blue blue chip conference and the circus that that turned into because of Mother Nature last week. Going to continue actually this afternoon at Country Oaks at 5:30. The second group of of schools going to try to finish that. Kind of a weird finish. I mean, just the way it worked out. Different day, different pins, but there is some uh, some things hanging in the balance, mainly the individual title. Right now, Connor Schwarzentruber from Lagodi's got a three-shot lead over Logan Craney from Washington Catholic. Craney's finished the 13th hole. 13th hole, he's still one under. Connor is done at two over. Craney's going to have to go out and try to hang on. We'll see how. That, wish him good luck. I actually saw Connor's round. Very solid. That rough out there is tough. They're playing it down, playing the green tee. So, uh, listen, there's some surprise. Logan hasn't played that kind of golf all year. So, if he hangs on, he deserves every last bit of the title that he's going to win. Um, So, we wish both of those golfers good luck. We'll see how it all shakes out. And then... uh, See if Bar Eve can hang on to their team title. That it that it uh, looks like they've got a pretty good chance to uh, to win. We'll we'll see how that shakes out. But we'll talk to to the voice of Indiana High School Golf about that. Don't forget, look them up at at Indiana HS Golf on Twitter to follow. They retweet all of the schools around the state. Like I said, just uh, just me today, Deco and Todd, doing spring sports duties for their various media outlets. And, of course, this is brought to you by Travis Brett, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Uh, let's start in the NBA. Boy, <laughs> are the Celtics a different team when Horford and Smart are in the lineup. Woo! That was, uh, that was a performance last night. They, they absolutely just put it to, put it to Miami. I turned it on and it was 30, I think it was, uh, 30, no, it was 23, 18, I think something like that, Miami. And then it was, you looked up just a few minutes later, it felt like, and it was uh, 61, 37 Boston and, uh, they cruised to a 127, 102, Victory when Horford and Smart are in the lineup for the Celtics, they're just the better team. 
I mean, there, there's, there's no doubt about it. They're better on both ends. They're better with those two in the lineup, shot making and defense. Jimmy Butler's awesome. He is played a great game one. I think he forgot in his post game comments after game one that the Celtics were missing Smart and Horford because they just dominated the third quarter against Boston and said that that's the way every quarter is going to be. Yeah, about that, Jimmy. I mean, he grinds and and he does everything he can do, and he's got to, especially without Lowry. But there's only so much he can do. You know, the the Celtics are basically at this point they, they they've got two, sometimes three people in the Miami lineup that they can just leave open. Butler and and Adebayo and occasionally Harrow can score for Miami, but it's it's just getting so tough because they can leave people open and. Boston's just got more players that can play on both ends of the floor. I, I don't think Boston's going to have any trouble as long as those two stay in that in that series. And now it's tied one one, and I don't I don't think Boston's going to look back at this point. I'd be surprised. But you know the way these series go, they're they 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 get drawn out, and, and Boston Boston will probably lose at least one more. But you never know. Those game seven Sunday, whoo, what a disaster that was as far as I hit them both wagering, got them both right, thought I'd sweat them both out, but that didn't turn out to be the case. Those were those were just complete and utter blowouts. I don't know that I've ever seen a game seven, especially that Phoenix debacle. They were absolutely horrible. Scored 10 points in the second quarter in an NBA basketball game. Just completely dominated on both ends. So... Uh, tonight, Golden State game two after dominating Dallas in game one. I don't, I don't think that's going to go any differently. Golden State looks really, really good. They are clicking on all cylinders right now, and uh, I think they're giving six and a half tonight. I'm going to take them and give those points again, uh, with without hesitation. They're at home. I really think they're going to want to get this, go up 2-0, and then they can start preparing for the for the Western Conference Finals. I don't see Dallas. I don't see Dallas contending in this series right now. Now, if Dallas wins tonight, then then things will will change going back home. But boy, I don't see it. I could be wrong, but they're going to need an off off shooting night um, for sure for the Golden State Warriors, and they haven't had one in a while. Anybody following what happened yesterday in college football? We talked about this whole NIL deal, the name and image likeness and the payments that players are getting now in college sports. We talked about it on on an episode of the big show a few weeks ago. And, and we've talked about how different coaches and Bill Self came out and said how this is, is out of control and, and it's going to be. And, and, and see now you've got Saban coming out yesterday. He got out recruited by Texas A&M and they lost to Texas A&M this year. And he he had some pointed comments and then Jimbo Fisher came right back at him. And this is this is just a new way that college football is going to entertain us because these two guys got very personal. Let's listen to what they had to say and and uh, let's listen to Saban first. Here's what Nick Saban had to say in, at a function. And uh, some pretty pointed comments about Texas A&M. You've read 
about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Didn't buy one player, Nick said. But AM bought them all. He also pointed the finger at Deion Sanders and Jackson State. Now, I'm not sure why Nick Saban chose to do that. I did like Deion Sanders' comment, though. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nick Saban said he wants to have a private conversation with me. Nope. Your statements were public. You got something to say to me. Do it publicly. We don't need to have a private conversation. Why Nick Saban's worrying about Jackson State is beyond me. But anyway, so Jimbo Fisher had a pretty hastily organized press conference, and our boy is pissed. <laughs> he did not like it. And you're going to hear this, and his voice is shaking. Rightly so. Hell, he got basically got accused of cheating or, or you know, sort of. I mean, he's saying buying players, I mean, under the old rules, yeah, but the way things are now, I don't know what's cheating and what's not, quite frankly. But I always kind of thought Jimbo Fisher, you know, like a lot of these college coaches, kind of a snake oil salesman, you know, seemed like kind of a shady type of guy. I don't know. That's just the way they all kind of seem. But, boy. Jimbo is pissed. Listen to his comments in, in retort to uh, Saban. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. That They broke state laws. That they're, that they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous. But when, when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you've got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families and Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we've got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us? Yes, it is. It's personal to A&M. It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. know him really well. It's amazing. That we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it. For our players who are coming here, who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way, I apologize to you that people insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. I promise you this, there are no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. Ooh, it's the second pissed. time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for them. 
You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. Pout, throw a fit. He's going to show you who he is. Jimbo Fisher, that is a man right there that is pissed off. He didn't call Saban by name, but he called him the god of football. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. This NIL shit is going to get crazy. I like it. Uh, We're talking about college football, and we're still in May. Uh, local sports here in the area, tennis sectionals are, are talked about the blue chip conference golf tennis sectionals in absolute chaos. They're going to try to get that dang thing to done. I know Vincent's has tried for two nights. Uh, the Lagodi sectional, they got about halfway through last night. They're going to finish up on, uh, on Friday evening. So maybe they can get those done. Uh, PGA championship, uh, along the golf lines, Rory McIlroy does something different, has a good first day. He's leading after uh, after the first day, and uh, that's, so that's exciting. We'll see if Rory can hang on. Kind of a different different look for Rory to have a good day. Will Zalatoris right there, but you know how this. You can't win it on day one. You sure as hell lose it. And uh, my bet, my ten dollars to win four hundred. Uh, he may have lost it. I had Hideki Matsuyama, and he was over par, I think, from the the very beginning. So my dreams of, of cashing in on that went by the wayside quickly. I didn't do know somebody that uh, had, I believe, 25 bucks on Rory cashed in for about 500 uh, to lead after day one. So that's good. Matt Kuchar up there. I haven't seen Kuchar up near the, the leaderboard in a while. So we'll see how it shakes out, but going to be an interesting day. Southern Hills looks like a really cool course. John Daly is there, and uh, somebody followed him around. I don't know if these stats are accurate, but I'd say they're in the ballpark. Daly, who gets to ride in a cart. If you ride, if you, if you get to ride in a cart because of a medical exemption, shouldn't you have to prove that you've taken care of yourself a little bit? I don't know. Uh, 21 cigarettes, 12 Diet Coke, six packs of peanut M&Ms, and no ounces of water is what uh, the former PGA champion logged yesterday. Uh, uh, interesting in Tiger's uh, post, uh, post uh, or press conference on, I believe, Tuesday, they were talking about one of the years that he won, and it was 107 degrees when they played it in August, and he was talking about how much water he consumed that day, and he asked Jay Daly after the round how much he drank, and he said none. He said he drank 13 Diet Cokes during the round that day when it was 107 degrees. So <laughs> funny. Um, we're going to talk maybe on next week's show. I'd like to really dig into this. This other tour, this other tour, and and Greg Norman and and Phil Mickelson. I I don't know why Phil. I what Phil said was ridiculous. Um, and and he should be ashamed of what he said. Basically, you know, using the Saudi government and 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 the guys that they're dealing with over there as leverage over the PGA Tour. Yeah, PGA Tour. I'm sure it's got its faults and different things. Boy, they treated these guys awful well. And and to you know talk about using these people as leverage things. Um, 
I don't know. And Greg Norman's one to try to bury the PGA Tour for 30 years. I've never liked Greg Norman, and he's just showing his colors. And, and I hope these guys, you know what, if you want to go, go and shut up about it. That's my feelings, and I, I hope nobody watches the bullshit. And, and Sergio Garcia, you know, saying that uh, when he got a ruling against him that he can't wait to leave. Well, go. They're going to have rules, too. And 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 all this money that they're going to give you guys as appearance fees, you don't think something's going to come with that? You don't think they're going to have – there's even talk that you guys might have to wear uniforms of some sort. Like, come on, guys. They're not just going to give you this money and ask you to show up and play and go home. First of all, you can't go home because you're going to be halfway around the world. So um, I don't, we'll dive into that in another episode. I get, I don't know, a little cranky about that. I, I, I don't like Greg Norman. He, Like I say, he's been trying to bury the PGA Tour forever. But but back to good stuff in golf. PGA Championship is going to be awesome this weekend. I, I really like Southern Hills, and that's going to make for some high drama. Good finishing holes there. The 18th at Southern Hills, they say, is as difficult a par four uh, uh, finishing hole as there is in championship golf. So a lot of fun, a lot of drama coming down the stretch there. I read a stat that there's only been uh, uh, two champions there on this, on this golf course that have, have parred the last and won. So uh, interesting stat and, and a lot of fun that, that that's going to be. And, and let's hope that there's a lot of good, a lot of stars um, on the leaderboard golf's an interesting sport where it's one sport where people don't root for underdogs um, unless it's just a really good story we like favorites up at the top of the leaderboard so let's take a break here first of all let's hear from travis brett you know if you want one agent for all your insurance needs there's really nobody else to go to travis brett indiana farm bureau insurance one agent is going to take care of everything home life business annuities you name it they got it they've got a lot of stuff about life insurance right now that they're promoting take a look at their facebook page and their website they can tell you all about that stuff they're located at 304 jfk avenue in lagoda you can give them a call 812-295-3129 travis is a big supporter of the this local area sports other activities. He's been a, a longtime sponsor of this podcast. We truly appreciate it. Like I said, auto, home, life, business, annuities, farm, one agent for all your insurance needs. Stop knocking on wood for crying out loud. Call Travis Brett, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. All right, one of my favorite segments of the week. You know what it is. We're going to talk a little high school golf with the voice of high school golf. And, of course, on Twitter, it's at Indiana HS Golf. Hey, let's go back uh, Go back in the past just a couple weeks. We weren't able to talk last week because of busy schedules, but let's just revisit the spring preview. Um, yeah. I, I was kind of following that scoreboard that day. You know, they had live scoring, which was really cool that they did that. And... Man, watching that Garen Catholic in Westfield just duke it out with something else that day. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, they've kind of maybe separated themselves a little bit um, down around you. Bloomington South is, you know, they're kind of charging up the rankings too, and they have a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, but that, go- that golf course that day, my, my over-under was way off because when you and I spoke, right, uh, the weather looked good, and then it yeah. ended up being atrocious. Right. So, 
that golf course from 7,000 yards in a gusty wind and wet, that, I mean, I talked to a couple of coaches uh, who said that's some among the toughest conditions they'd ever seen. Wow. So I was way off on my over-under for the medalist, and I think Modleski won 72. Right. Um, but, yeah, those scores there were, were up for everybody, but those, those two programs are, are playing very, very good golf. And it's it's funny when you watch, you know, you think when you're when you're figuring in um, four different scores, and they weren't separated. At least when I started watching it on the back nine, they weren't separated by more than a couple of strokes at any given time, which is crazy to think about with all the different factors that you're that you're figuring in there. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm I'm just pulling up the results now. So three hundred seven, three hundred eight, and then Dinesville played really well. They were five strokes out of first. Bloomington South 315, Carmel 317, then a little gap, and Warsaw came kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, and they've they've played some tremendous golf. Um, I mean, Cal Hopkins is very good at the top there. Um, but you know, you can kind of look at those results, and obviously, everybody playing the same conditions. Um, but yeah, when you have when you have four or five players who can break seventy, you have a chance to do really special things because there <laughs> aren't many teams they, who who have that. And then if you have a couple killers who can shoot par, round par, break par. You know, then all of a sudden you can make an 82 pretty useful in your lineup and advance in the postseason. Yeah, so, yeah. There, there are at least a handful of teams, you know, that that have that many guys who can go when they get it going. And, it, um, and, and it, when they get it going, it's fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. And then in those conditions, like you said, scores a little up from from what you had predicted. But you know, you've got the the top ten still um, all all five five over or better in those conditions, and and one yep. kid even par. So. You know, pretty pretty good golf there. Um, let's go to the polls this week. Obviously, comes out on Friday. Do you see a lot of movement this week? I haven't uh, I haven't noticed what I saw anything that would be tremendously you know crazy. Yeah, kind of more of the same. Just since you and I talked, it's kind of cool because you'll have like faith Christian kids were uh, sitting in the lobby of a hotel getting ready to play the next day at the Legends, and they were ranked for the first time. And yeah, their, wow. uh, their coach just sent us a message, and he said, my kids just freaked out because I think I we got them out a little later that day than, than typical. So they, they saw them about 9 o'clock. Uh, Bloomington South keeps going up. I mean, they played great last weekend in a really good event. Kind of yeah. ran away and hit with 292. Um, they're one of those teams, too, who they have five guys who can shoot around the par. Right. And Happy Gilmore has been hot. Um yeah, they, he, you know, so, you know you, Belush you was kind of carrying them for a while. Yeah, and and yeah, he's he played one for a lot of the year for him. So Happy's kind of coming on here late. Yeah, yeah, and and if he if he gets hot, that that will will really make a change in that, and you're and you're seeing it here of late, like you said. Um, so polls come out tomorrow. Um, what else we, did I want to talk to you about this weekend? Um, I know there's a good one at Washington, not quite the field that they've had in the past. Zionsville's not, not going to make it down for that one. Bloomington South's not here, but a couple of ranked teams in that field. Evansville North is here. They're ranked seventh on, in last week's poll. Brownsburg is here. Um, and then uh, a few Evansville schools, Terre Haute North, Bar Reeve is here, Linton Stockson, Gibson Southern's here, who who is has been right on that edge of being ranked all year and got probably one of the top five, if not the best freshman in, in the state and the Blackard kid. Um, what do you got going on that you know of else around the state? It sounds like you have some really good really good teams and then really quality individuals there in, in your event down there, Brian. With the, I mean, uh, Brownsburg's good at the top. Uh, Blackbird's obviously really good. Evansville North has some players. That'll be, and then your your son going to make a run at a medalist this weekend, right? Well, we'll see. Either that, or he just doesn't get to eat the rest of the weekend. But you know, <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of an interesting time of year because schools are kind of in finals or getting out of school. So you have a lot of different kind of unique things going on. I'll give you a couple examples. Um, Carolyn Homestead this week are playing a Ryder Cup type event. So oh, wow. Rather than, yeah, so rather than having a Saturday tournament, they're kind of, it's the conclusion of that. They've done that every year for I don't know how many That's years. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and there's some conferences that it, it's a little later, I think, than typically you see conferences play. Uh, but there's some conference tournaments going on tomorrow. Um, there are some events across the state that I can highlight if you'd like. Yeah. Um, I, I reached out to some people. There's some events up north. Lake Central hosting another event. I, I guess there's some courses up there. It seems feels like um, this is the third time there's been a pretty decent little field up there in the northern part of the state. Um, Smock's hosting something. Uh, Muncie Central has a really strong field this weekend with eight ranked teams and some other really quality teams. 22-team field. That'll be a nice little oh, six-hour wow. event. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting time of year for scheduling for coaches because you have this three-week window, and really two weeks of it is your kids are out of school, you know, May, whatever, in yeah. a lot of cases. There's some schools on the balanced calendar that go close to June, but we don't, sectional is kind of that window starting June 6th. So you have two, two-and-a-half weeks to fill, and if you don't give your kids 18-hole events, what do you, you know, how are you preparing your kids for sectional? So exactly. you see a lot of coaches do some creative things, um, a lot of tournaments in late May. A couple in early June, but I think that last week of June, coaches like to kind of um, yeah. do some workshop things. How can we get better? How can we drop three or four strokes? Um, so it, it, it's a cool time of year just to keep an eye out. And then, obviously, with the bad weather early in the year, you have coaches who are just trying to find events or scheduling events, Yeah, whether those be duels, little nine-teamers, or whatever they can do. Um, and then, obviously, once kids are out of school, you can travel a little bit, too. So I, I like to think it's a really fun time of year for, for the players. And as long as it stays sunny, I think – uh, it'll be a good little stretch of time here until leading up to sectional. Yeah, and you mentioned the uh, the the little Ryder Cup event, and then I know there's there's one in, in up in the Muncie area that that Bar Reeve is going to to head to, where the kids get their caddies, which which will be just tremendous. Are there any other events like that that have a little wrinkle that you know of around the state that that are, are, are kind of more not the traditional event that that you see every day? Yeah, a good friend of mine. Steve Simmons spoke at a coaching clinic and he just kind of said, when you host something, make it different, make teams want to come back to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that resonated with a lot of coaches um, because really you have the freedom to kind of do whatever you want. Um, And especially this time of year, you're prepping your kids for the postseason, but you want to give them a really fun experience. So I think a lot of schools do a lot of different things. Um, We we played in a tournament a couple weekends ago where, uh, yes, it was stroke play, but they also did like a one best ball for each team scoring. Oh, so like I think okay. the winning team shot like 62. So that's a kind of a fun thing. And I'd never really seen that before. Yeah. They keeps your five going when he makes triple on the first three holes. And he yeah. says, hey, guys, I made three birdies today. Yeah. I shot 106, but I contributed to our low one best ball round. Right. Um, so I think there's a, there are a lot of things going on. And I, I, I think, too, like as – we continue to move forward that the, there'll be more things like that kind of pop up because cool. we just want these kids to have good experiences. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you, I want to talk to you about two things. One, um, as you've been around kids and in golf for, for years, 
I, I know I watched as the senior trip happened in, in, in the Bar Eve kids being almost all seniors. It took them a while to get back in the groove, quite frankly. Um, and, and they're just now hitting kind of, I, I hopefully starting to hit their stride. What do you see out of seniors when you get into this? There's so much going on in these kids' heads right now, you know, with graduation, prom, and all that. Well, planning to go, you know, possibly move to another state next year. How do you combat that with seniors? That, that is, you know what, if you find the answer to that question, <laughs> I, we need to have a follow-up. Yeah. I, I think I think a, a lot of our seniors across the state, they have goals to do things, whether individually or as a team, to close out their senior season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the struggle is, to your point, they have so many commitments, whether it be things that they have to do leading up to graduation, graduation parties, you know, maybe they have trips or whatever with that senior class. It is it can be a struggle. I mean, and I think that's something as coaches that we have to try to find a way to balance their, what they have to do with what we need them to do. If we want to get where we want to get as a team, because, you know, state is the middle of June. Uh, yeah. <laughs> schools have been out in a lot of cases for three or sometimes even, you know, four weeks. Right. And yeah. that is, that's a lot of time. Sure. So you're adjusting to practicing in the morning, which is kind of nice for those of us who have families and stuff, obviously when they're out of school, but, um, yeah, that, I think that's tricky. Um, and, and again, I think that this, this class of 22 has been through way more than, um, with the, the shutdown and everything. So they've already kind of been cheated of things. Um, it, I just, it, you know, we're proud of them to get into the finish line, but yeah. I, I think it is, it, it's kind of tricky. You know, how do you, how do you keep them? How do you keep pushing them without overwhelming them? And also at the same time realizing like this, it should be fun. Um, so yeah. I, I think it, it's kind of on a case by case basis, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, for sure. Hey, um, I want to bring something up to you cause we, we, we try to, uh, you know, bring, give something to the, any player listening. And I wanted to bring yeah. up a scenario. I wanted you to comment on it last week in the blue chip conference on the very first hole sophomore from South Knox, Cameron Chatton, who, uh, you might know his dad played at ball state. His grandpa's the coach at VU. He's playing a par five at Country Oaks, kind of airmails the green a little bit, got a bad bounce, goes into the high grass. They find his ball. He chunks it out, barely gets it out, looks down. It wasn't his ball. Oh. Everybody else had gone. They're up at the green ready to putt. I, I just happened to be standing within a few feet of him. I watched. I saw him look down. I could just tell that that wasn't. Yeah. He said, guys, it's not my ball. Ends up taking a 10. Kid recovered, didn't let it kill his day. Ends up with a, you take that 10 out of there, had a real nice day. Coach, there's nobody in the world other than Cameron Chatton that would have known that wasn't his ball. Nobody. But what, and I told his grandpa and I told his parents, what a great young man to call that on himself. There's no other sport, there's no other athletes in high school that we ask that of. And so... I just wanted your, your opinion on that situation and, and, and what great young men we raise in our golfers. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the beauty of golf is that, and as coaches too, we want our kids to play well, but there are bigger things than golf for these kids ahead in life, and that's why it's such a beautiful game. Um, but, yeah, what a courageous decision for that yeah. young man. Like you said, nobody would have known. Nope. You know, he could have even put the same ball back in play when he gets it on the green, right? Yeah. Like. Um, that, that's, uh, that's tremendous. It's, uh, I think that happens at the end of the legend of Bagger Vance as well. It's my ball move. Yep. Um, yep. you know, and that's, it's just, we like to think it's a game of integrity. Um, but you know, when you throw teenagers out there, you hope that that's a decision that they make and 
tremendous on him. That's and that is mom and dad should be in, incredibly proud of him for that. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, yeah. My shirt sure. made a ten on the first hole, but he called a penalty on his on himself when he could have not done so. That's right. Um, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, that's good for him. Yeah, and I guarantee you, there's kids on the golf course that day, and there was kids all over the state that wouldn't have done that. And uh, yep. so, so the the whole South Knox program and the Chatton family can be proud of Cameron. That was that was pretty oh, cool. Ab- absolutely. So young golfers out there, do it. Do the right thing. You're the you're the one that's got to go to sleep at night knowing that you did the right thing. <laughs> the key point there too is you can always identify your golf ball. You can always identify your golf ball. That's but, a, uh, yeah, good good for that young man. Yep, absolutely. All right, before we wrap up, who you got this weekend in the PGA? Who you like? Oh man, I I hate to make a pick. I wasn't prepared for this. I uh, <laughs> see. I got to keep you on your toes, man. <laughs> Oh man, I, I I don't even know where to go with that. To be honest with you, I tell you what though, I I'm excited to watch on Sunday. I when you coach golf, I think there are some coaches who find a way to watch a lot of it. I just don't. Um, but I will. I promise I will watch at minimum the last nine holes on Sunday with no rooting interest. So I'll, I'm I'm going to leave that to you. Who you got? Well, I I I'm in a one and done pool, and uh, okay. I I thought I had picked John Rahm earlier in the year, and it, it, he had missed the cut, so completely wasted it. However, I realized it was Scotty Scheffler I had done that, so I still had Rahm available, so I took him. But I looked at the leaderboard. So Rahm is my official pick, but I looked at the leaderboard, yeah. and Rory. We're recording this at one thirty on my, on my Thursday. Five right now, yeah. Rory is going crazy early, so. Uh, but uh, my my official pick is John Rom, so we'll see how. Yeah, the, I kind of read I kind of read some things on that feature group earlier, and it seems like Rory's hitting driver on every hole, and Tiger's hitting irons. And somebody tweeted something to the effect of, "If Rory continues to pound driver and Tiger's laying up, this will not go well." Yeah. Like, you know, Tiger <laughs> Tiger needs to be hitting driver. Yeah, uh, something to that effect, anyway. But yeah, when Rory gets it going, he is so much fun to watch. And oh, for sure. Obviously. You get him on Sunday out of contention in a major, it's lights out through yeah. there. So And he just um, went to minus six now through fourteen. So off to uh yeah. Rory Rory's been known lately for finishing, not starting. So the he could be take, dangerous if he birdie, starts. He well. birdie on, did he get seven, I take it? I think he started on the back nine, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So well hey, let's sure. go have a great weekend. I'll look forward to talking to you uh next week. We'll wrap up this and uh, we'll look forward to the uh to the polls coming out tomorrow. But uh uh, looks like yeah. we're going to have another great weekend across the state of Indiana. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Have a wonderful weekend. All right. Take care. Appreciate it. See you. Bye. All right. It's going to be a great weekend of high school golf in the state of Indiana, especially here at Country Oaks. going to be a good tournament. Talked about the field that's going to be there. Evansville North, Bar Reeve, Evansville Central, Avon, Mount Vernon, Linton, Stockton, Gibson, Southern, Evansville Memorial, Wright, South Knox, Princeton, Northview, Brownsburg, Terre Haute North, Southridge, and Washington going to be represented here at Country Oaks. We'll see if Bar Eve can continue their march. They set a school record, shot 152 over at Vincennes on Tuesday night. Got a little wake-up call from Coach Matt Anderson after a, a, a probably their worst night of the year on Monday. Got a little wake-up call on the way home. Those are always fun bus rides if you're an athlete. You've been part of those, so going to be a good night of uh, or a good day of, of golf out at Country Oaks. You want to see some good golf, come on out and take a look. Country Oaks got a new little pavilion there by the old clubhouse right behind the 18th green. 
don't forget if you got rentals or uh, parties, you need a, a, a club room or whatnot to rent, need a space, give them a call. Trey and his gang will help you out there. But, yeah, come out and watch some good golf on Saturday. Tee, uh, shotgun at 8.30. They'll be out there most of the morning. I'm actually going to play some golf after that. I think we got the first tee time right after that tournament. Going to celebrate my brother's birthday and do that. Got some big news coming. I'm actually uh, kind of impulse radio is going to team up on a few different fronts with Shake Broadcasting, Dwayne and his team. I'm going to do a little work for them on on uh, helping them out on the morning show from time to time and and uh, may have some other announcements. We may move B3 um over on on their airwaves maybe on uh, maybe a best of the week once we get going in the fall and and get back to some more um more interviews and things with shows i think we may do a kind of a best of on saturday mornings on uh, on shake broadcasting so stay tuned for that lots of good things happening in a collaboration with impulse radio and and shake broadcasting but i think that's going to do it for today on behalf of the Todd Father, read his wise words in the Washington Times Herald. My man, voice of the Vikings, Mike DeCourcy, doing a lot of baseball and softball on the general. Shake Broadcasting's WAMW stations. And you never know who else is going to stop by. John Patrick Mullins in the in the chair once in a while. Mike Wagner. We have football coaches on before long. As we continue to wrap up spring sports and golf and track and baseball and softball, we're going to hopefully have some athletes that go deep into tournaments with that. So we'll got all kind of stuff going on. But on behalf of those guys, I am Brian Emmons. And we will talk to you next week on the B3 Podcast. The B3 Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio.